Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the 180 podcast. Yeah, this is something new we're trying out in this season where we haven't been able to meet. And so we'll see how it goes. But this is the very first episode. I'm excited to be with you guys today. So welcome again. I hope you enjoy it. So we've been in the season of um, meeting via Zoom and all this kind of stuff. And since this coming up this week, it's a long holiday. Hope everyone's enjoying the time. Uh, but to avoid everyone from having to gather around on Zoom on Saturday night, uh, I just thought I might give you a little podcast, a little episode for you guys to enjoy, for you guys to listen to, and some discussion questions we're going to be talking about in the end. So um, yeah, stay tuned and keep listening. And um, yeah, we'll study. We'll find a different. We're finding a different, a new way to study the Bible together. As you know, we've been walking through the book of Philippians. So if you have a Bible, go to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11, and that's where we'll be reading from today. I'll read it for us. Listen up. It says this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Christ Jesus is the Lord to the glory of God our Father. If you've been joining in with our Zoom calls, you'll have noticed that we've been walking through the book of Philippians, and this is why we're at Philippians 2 today. So last week, we talked about being a type of community, uh, the type of community that God is calling us to be, right? The type of community that is willing to risk everything, a community that's willing to stand out from the culture around us, that is even willing to suffer for the sake of the gospel. And when we get to this passage today, we kind of find out that Actually, this isn't just a challenge that Jesus and God sets for us. This isn't Jesus just telling us what we need to be. Uh, this isn't Paul making up stuff like challenges for Christians to follow. But in fact, we find out that this is a standard that Jesus himself has set and ex- as an example for us. So when we're building this type of countercultural life, this sacrificial type of community, we have an example to follow. And the example is, of course, the one who we talk about all the time, the one who our lives are centered upon, and that is, of course, Jesus. And so therefore, the key, the key to any Christian community, the key to Christian relationships, the key to living as God intended for us to live is, as Paul tells us here, to have the mind of Christ. So what does this mean, though? What does it mean to have the mind of Christ? What does this look like? And like all inspiring things in this world, the answer to this this question is best explained through a song. And this is what Philippians 2, 5 to 11 is. It's a song, it's a poem about the mind of Christ and what it means to think like Christ and to act like Christ. Songs are inspiring, right? Have a think of right now. What is your favorite song? What is your favorite song? Songs and music and lyrics are a powerful force. Now think about over the years, the different songs that you have liked and the impact that's had on you. Maybe if, as you think about it right now, I'm thinking about a Tupac song right now. For those of you who know me, you know you lo- you know you'll know that 
Tupac is one of my biggest. Um, I'm one of Tupac's biggest fans. I love his music. I love um, yeah his songs and stuff like that. And every time I listen to it, it transports me back to a to a time, to a place, to a thought. So this is the power music and songs and lyrics have. So like I said, think about your favorite song right now. How does it make you feel? What does it make you think about? And the point of this song, of this poem in Philippians chapter two, is to inspire us and to remind us that as followers of Jesus, like we said just now, we are called to also have His mindset. So we're just going to walk through this bit by bit and see what it actually means. We start in verse six. Verse six, it says this.、Um, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Jesus, this claim, right, that he was one with the Father, that he was、um, sent by God, all these things were things that his follow,、um, that people around him at the time, religious leaders around him at the time, his opponents、um, were really, really upset about. In John chapter ten.、Um, When he says that I and the Father are one, they get so angry that they want to pick up stones to throw him, to stone him, and to kill him. In John chapter eight, when Jesus declares, "Before Abraham was, I am," this again was one of those statements that give that he was giving himself equal status with God. And again, people wanted to pick up stones and to kill him and to stone him. But this is essentially. Part of who Jesus was, he is part of the Triune God. He is fully God and fully human, come down on this earth. But yet, you know, even though Jesus was fully God throughout his earthly ministry, he functioned with love and with humility. Right? The Bible tells us that the Son of Man, the Son of God, didn't come, came to serve and not to be served. And so, even as he was facing danger, even as he was being arrested, you know, even as he was going through all these tough things in life, he never considered his status, his privilege, the fact that he was God come down on this earth, that him and his Father are one. He did not consider, like this verse says, his equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Actually, instead, we see him doing the opposite. Right? We see him holding back power.、Um, what he he demonstrated that he didn't want to use the status to his own advantage. And so, as I was thinking about that, it's so different from our own human nature. It's so different from how privilege is used and even abused in society and in the world today. So often, we see people use their positions of power and authority and their prestige to gain more than some. To to gain more for themselves, right? To use it for their own advantage, to use it to get ahead of those people they were already ahead of beforehand. But this is the exact opposite of what Jesus does. He doesn't use his status to gain more power and popularity for himself. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And this this stands out in this passage because nobody does this. All the great heroes of the time and、um, back then, time of Jesus's day, were, they were these were people like Alexander the Great, the great Emperor Augustus, and these were some of the people that、um, were looked up to, and they were heralded because they were powerful, because they were good at grabbing power as much as they possibly could. But then here comes Jesus, with all the power in the universe, 
but yet somehow still not making full use of it. You know, some people said it was a waste. Some people said that, oh, you're not powerful. You're just a liar. Some people even said that he was the devil. But Jesus made it very clear. His mission was that he came to give his life as a ransom for many. So pause here for a minute and think about this. How about you? Right? With the privileges that you do have, with the advantages that you do have, what do you do with that? Do you use your positions of power and advantage and privilege to get ahead of others, to use it for your own advantage? Or do you have the mindset of Jesus where you don't consider your power, your wealth, your your privilege something to be used for yourself, but rather look towards others and care for them instead? And this is what Jesus does. As we continue on this passage, it says this, that he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That first part of that passage is so striking, isn't it? He made himself nothing. Just think about that for a second. Think about what that means. He made himself nothing. This was a decision that Jesus took for himself. He chose to do this. He made himself nothing. Now, don't get confused here because when it says he made himself nothing, it doesn't mean he stopped being God. It doesn't mean he gave up his divinity. Some translation says um, he poured himself out, right? But this doesn't mean he gave up his, his divine nature to come down on earth because it says this, he made himself nothing by taking up the very nature of a servant. So he comes down, Jesus comes down to this earth, taking on the very nature of a human being, but not at the expense um, of giving up his divinity. And this is one of the profound mysteries of who Jesus was, fully God, yet fully human. He was fully human so that he could truly take on and be that sacrifice for our sins, to truly be able to empathize, to be tempted like us, to walk along with us, to, to experience life as we have, but yet not falling into sin. And again, he was fully God so that he could live this sinner's life. And then with this blood offer humanity, full forgiveness on the cross when he died. That's what he did, defeated sin and death, offering forgiveness for those of us who choose to accept it. And the key aspect of this was, of course, as it says here, his obedience. It says Jesus became obedient. He was becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. As we talked about just now, Jesus displayed that even though him and his father were one, Jesus only did what his father told him to do. You can read John chapter 5 and John chapter 12 to get um, some understanding of this. And it wasn't easy. Because of his human side, he knew what pain felt like. He knew what betrayal felt like. We talked a bit about this over Easter, didn't we? He struggled in his journey to the cross. He even prayed and asked God if there was any other way he could be spared. But in the end, he was always willing to accept the will 
of his father. And again, this made me think, what about your obedience? What about my obedience? Are we obedient in love to do literally whatever God tells us to do? And not just as individuals, is this the mindset that we here at 180 are willing to embrace as a community? Are we willing to do what God tells us to do? We might have plans, we might have things that we want to see happen at 180 in our community in this city. But if God calls us to something else, do we have that heart of obedience to be able to follow where He leads us, to where He calls us? We talked about this last week, didn't we? Thinking about others before ourselves. And now Jesus is truly demonstrating what this means. And this is important because if we look around us, once we start gathering again, which I hope is soon, in our community, we are from all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of different privileges. We encounter all different kinds of people. And if everyone just wanted what they wanted, if everyone was going for their own interests, if everyone was going for their own preferences and for their own likes, it wouldn't work. Which is why we have all been called to adapt the mind of Christ. So with people from different backgrounds, do we judge or or are we willing to think of others as better than ourselves as a default? This is how we automatically function as a community. If we have privilege, are those of us who are privileged within the community willing to give up our positions of privilege in order to walk alongside others who are not? And this is the ultimate question. Are we willing to obey God, even if it means giving up things that we love and we are passionate and that we care about? Maybe even if it means the ultimate question is giving up your life. Is that the kind of community that we are trying to be? And this is, I think deep down, this is what everyone wants. But it's not easy and it's going to take us working together as we've been talking about. But here's the awesome thing. These sacrifices aren't done in vain. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross were not a waste. And in fact, we see that all the painful stuff, all the sacrifice that Jesus had to go through, actually, in the end, results in great glory. This is what Jesus talks about all the time. If you look through back through the Gospels, he talks about this, right? The first becoming last and the last becoming verse first sorry the first becoming last and the last becoming verse the lost are found he goes to hang out with the people who are the least privileged the 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 tax collectors the prostitutes the lepers and the sinners people that nobody else wanted those were jesus's people and when he died everyone thought of jesus as oh man you know this was just another guy he died he wasted his life and you know Nothing ever becomes of it. But that's not what happens. Listen to what this song says. Listen to what this song in Philippians chapter 2 says. It continues to go. I'm in verse 9 now. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. You know, when Jesus came to this earth, he came in the lowliest kind of form, right? Born in a manger in a small town nobody really cared about living his life going from place to place with no real place to call a home and then dying a criminal's death on a cross so from being the lowest of the low 
Through his death and resurrection, Jesus has now become exalted to the highest place. This is a contrast that Paul is trying to draw and a picture he's trying to paint for us that Jesus is sovereign now. He is controlled, that his death wasn't the end, that the death on the cross wasn't defeat for Jesus, but rather it meant that death itself was defeated. And therefore, as it says now, God has him in the highest place. He is the name above every name higher than the name of all the religious leaders at the time, higher than the name of all these great military rulers, higher than even the name of Caesar. Jesus is the one true Lord that nobody is able to deny. And again, that that just blows my mind a little bit, right? Think about all the greatness that we look at, all the things that people consider great as we look out in society, as we look out in our culture. So many things people look up to. And these some of these are really great and inspiring things, and we should look up to them in some respects. But at the same time, we have to remind ourselves that there is someone above all these principalities and rulers of this world, and his name is Jesus. And God has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name that is above every other name. A name that no one is able to deny. And here is really cool in this verse, in verses 10 to 11, uh, Paul's actually quoting from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 45, 23. It says, by myself, I have sworn my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me, every knee will bow, and by me, every tongue will swear. And this is what Paul talks about in this verse in Philippians 2, uh, chapter, in Philippians 2, verses 10 to 11. He says that, At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Christ Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This has been the plan all along. This has been the plan all along for Jesus to die and then to be exalted, to be lifted up high above every knee, every tongue, every nation. Everyone will one day bow down to the name of Jesus. This is then why we say everything we do is also centered around who Jesus is. This is why we worship Jesus. This is why we, at 180, we always say our goal, right, is to point each other and our lives towards who Jesus is. Because this then is how we know we have the mind of Christ when we are thinking about him and not only thinking about him, when we're willing to live like him, when when we're willing to abandon our rights for the sake of others, when we're willing to serve others in humble obedience. This is how what should shape and guide our our lives and our relationships with God and especially our relationships with others. And so it's a challenge, but it's a timely challenge because as we are hopefully quite soon, it's someday in the next time or so, and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll let you know when that happens. But as we're, we're getting ready to restart meeting as a community again, to be able to interact with each other again, we're really going to have to decide, okay, what kind of community, after going through a tough thing like this, what kind of community are we really 
wanting to be as we beginning as we begin to meet back together how do we want to function as 180 and i think there's a couple of things that god is trying to remind us about first of all is the things that we've just talked about right we have to have the mind of christ this is a kind of community the self sacrificial countercultural looking out for each other being humble this is the kind of attitude that hopefully if everyone comes in with this mindset of christ then um we'll start to get along with each other and we'll start to build what god's trying to build but there was a couple of other things outside of that and i felt like god was trying to remind us about and here they are number 1 don't take this community for granted because we've seen it can so easily be taken away at any time so on saturday night when we are able to meet the time the space the ability to gather together should be seen as one of those privileges should be seen as an honor and that's why we should treat it as such so every time we come together we should be doing we should be doing so with a lot of thanksgiving and praise because we have seen how quickly it can all be taken away But like i said in these times of privilege in this honor we don't use it to serve ourselves we don't use it just to come and get our fill to hang out with people to you know do whatever we wanted to do but we come laying it down before the lord and instead we say okay how can i serve how can i participate how can i show love and care for concern for the other people that are also a part of this community so don't take it for granted don't take this time for granted when we get back together let's treat it preciously because the time we do have together really is precious and number 2 is related to it since it is an honor since it is a privilege what are we going to do with this time right this time then should be used into shaping us into talking about what we talked about just now when we come together we should have that unity have that mind of Christ like i said we come not just to be served but to serve and we not just serve each other we we are we pray and we ask God for his heart for his for his church for the vine for Wan Chai for Hong Kong for the rest of the world and when we start living and acting in this way i've said this so many times to you guys there is no limit of really what God can do with a group of amazing talented awesome loving young adults like we have that we can and we can when we gather so what are we doing with this time ask yourself that question ask you, ask god to give you answers to that question and as he reveals them to you come and share them with us cuz this is your community and we really want to hear back of how god is asking you to serve to lead to be a part of 180 how we can really be united and how we can all have this mind of christ to build something really really beautiful. And so that's Philippians chapter 2. That's what Paul is trying to um talk to us about. So like I said, you know, we're really looking forward to when we're able to get back together again. We'll have some news about that soon. But I hope that this is something that you're looking forward to. This I hope that this is the kind of community that you are I'm hoping to build one that thinks and acts with the mind of Christ because that's exactly what I feel like God's calling us to and that's super exciting for me. So, hopefully guys, we'll see you soon. 
Until then, uh, like I said, this is the first um, episode of this podcast, I guess. Um, we'll try and do some different things. If it doesn't work out, then um, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out. But hopefully you've um, enjoyed this time that we've been able to have through this podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying the long holiday. Um, if you're listening with people or if you want some questions to ponder on, um, they'll be in the show notes. But here's some discussions that you might want to talk about if you're listening with a friend or with your small group or just listening by yourself right now. Here they are. Who in your life has most clearly embodied the character of God? If the character and rule of God are defined by sacrificial love, how can you embody that love for the people you lead? Where in your life do you value power on control more than love? What might the Lord be asking you to lay down for the sake of others? So that's it for the episode this week. Hope you've enjoyed it. I don't know when there'll be another one, if there'll be another one. Um, So yeah, see you guys soon. God bless and take care.